Good morning and happy Wednesday blog. It's great to be with you guys here on the Ball Boy Blog Podcast yet again. Episode 4 on the dock today. We got some, let's see here. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff today. We got quite a bit to go over. So we're going to move quick. There are quite a few things. We're going to talk the AL and NS, A, uh, the AL and NL championship series review that's kind of where we're at so far we're going to talk a little about the forums um we're going to talk a few news and notes and we're going to talk about the marlins year in review so we're going to move quick so without further ado let's jump right in and talk about it so man are we seeing a couple great series unfold before us not not really no surpri- any surprises. Uh, let's think about the NLCS first. So game two of the NLCS, Braves won the game one. And Kershaw got scratched prior to game two due to back spasms, which has kind of been a lingering issue for Kershaw over the last few years. And, you know, back spasms kind of just happen when they happen. They suck. I'm no doctor. I've had back spasms before. They linger. They happen. They're no fun. Um, but he will. He is scheduled to start game four, which honestly could be a win-or-go-home kind of game where the series is going. Um, the Braves are off to a really strong start. They're starting fast. They're getting out early to early leads in these games. They're playing great defense. Their pitching has looked great. Ian Anderson did his part today going four really strong frames. One hit. No runs, five walks, however, and five strikeouts. The walks is kind of what put, pushed him to only be able to go four. Um, his pitch count was a little high. And then the pen came in. Um, they were doing good. Six, five, six, seventh inning, looking great. They're up seven zip, and then baseball happened. Dodgers got to Darren O'Day, A.J. Minter, Tomlin, Melanson, during those last three frames, seven, eight, nine, and the difference was Ozzy Albies' home run in the ninth set them apart, gave them that little bit of extra cushion, which was just enough to get them by. Mm-hmm. Swing over to the Dodgers' side. The Dodgers did leave nine runners on base, going two for nine with runners in scoring position. The pitching had its ups and downs during this one for the Dodgers, much like game one. Man, they use six relievers in this game to pitch. That stretches your bullpen a little bit thin, getting guys a little bit of rest. The team as a whole threw 205 pitches. That's a lot. The Braves' six relievers starter combined through 177. So, again, still a lot of pitching, a lot of six relievers both sides. You know, the Dodgers The Dodgers were close to coming back in this one. They were really close. Corey Seager really got them going with that three-run home run. He said after the game that they're, they're still in this. They're very much in this. I mean, it's only a two-game lead, seven-game series. We got five more games. Anything can happen. Uh, that's the best thing about baseball is anything can happen at any moment. Um, tomorrow on deck for game three, we got Julio Urias taking on Kyle Wright. Kyle Wright looked really good. His last start going six six point six and two thirds innings, only giving up two runs. This looked really strong. Um, Urias has been sporadic to say the least throughout his young career to this point. Very hyped prospect coming out up through the minors. 
As how this ups is down, literally it's gone up and down between AAA this year, the alternate site, bullpen, starting rotation. He's had a hard time finding a consistent role. So his consistency will be key for him. Look for the, Dod- the Braves to really try to get to him early and often to be able to um, pull out hopefully a three-game lead in this one. But uh, I'm trying to rethink this. I thought it was going to go to a game seven. I really think that the Braves might be able to take this in six. And heading over to the AL now. Man, sweep alert pending. Sweep alert. Get the brooms out. We could be having a sweep here. The Rays are just excellent. Man, they were good today. Defense, pitching, offense. It was all on full display. They'd be able to take take advantage of their other opponent's errors. Well, Jose Altuve's errors, that is. He has a yips. Yes, he's hit two solo home runs, but other than that, he's done nothing to help this series. He's lost two games in a row for them with just simple errors. Just doesn't look tuned in, dialed in, whatever you want to call it. He just doesn't look he's all the way there. Uh, Ryan Yarbrough for the Rays. He did go five strong frames, giving up two runs, only two walks, and striking out five on 82 pitches. The pen came in after that, locked it down for four innings, got to the ninth. Castillo looked a little shaky. You know, two walks, but two strikeouts. This took 23 pitches, though, to be able to get out of that ninth inning and get the save. So kind of monitor him. Hopefully they won't have to use him in a clincher, but if they do, he's good. He's He's nails, and if he comes in, that game's over. No matter how much rest or how, what's going on, he's, he's going to be there. Uh, the Astros side of the diamond, another good starting pitching performance. Jose Riquidi went five strong, only giving up one earned run. One of those runs that he gave up was unearned, so one earned run, one walk. Getting four strikeouts on 75 pitches, and man, do they wish they would have left him in for the sixth inning. Oh, man. You know, Paredes, Parades, I can't say that for some reason right now, but that's okay. Came in, he gave up three runs, 12 pitches, and was only able to go a third of an inning. And that was the difference. The pen was able to finish off after that. They, as a whole, went through 144 pitches as a unit. The offense of the Astros went one for eight with runners in scoring position, left a total of 10 on base in this one. The offense just isn't getting done to be able to pick up their starting pitching, which has been good through three games so far. So hopefully they're able to get it together because the race pitching staff, they can they can pull this one out. They're that good. They can pull out this one out in a sweep, I believe. Another take, last takeaway from this game is race outfielder Kevin Kiermaier is day-to-day now after getting a hand contusion. X-rays came back negative after the hit-by-pitch. And he made a couple of really good plays in this one uh, defensively. So monitor his status. I think he's probably going to try to play through it unless it's just unbearable. He can't. But Kim Kiermaier stuff, I definitely see him playing in game four, if not at least being available for late inning situation if, if they need him. Kim Kiermaier is a stud. Tomorrow, or today, not tomorrow, today for game four, we're going to see Tally Glass now versus future Hall of Famer Zach Greinke, who is making a start after the arm injury. 
I'm interested to see how this goes. If the Rays are able to get to Granky early, I think they pull this one out. And Tyler Glass now has been just phenomenal. Even though his ERA says he's 4.02, it's postseason stats. It's, it is what it is. Stats are going to be a little bit inflated, look a little bit different during the postseason, and that's okay. Um, but, you know, spoiler alert, the Rays, I think the Rays are going to sweep this one. I really do. All right, let's get into some news and notes now. So we didn't we we have a lot of news over the last few days that's come out. A couple of the most significant ones to me are a little bit surprising. First off is kind of that Rick Renteria and the Chicago White Sox mutually decided to part ways. For where this team is at, I, I don't know how I feel about this moves, but the part that I like least about it is that Alex Cora and AJ Hint are both linked to fill this opening for what for this up and coming dynasty. I mean, this team is locked and loaded with talent for years to come. They're just gonna get better. They're young. They're hungry. They're they're awesome. The White Sox team is great. I hate this because I hate the circumstance for Cora and Hinch, how that their suspensions still applied for this year, even though it's not a hundred full 162 games. I just that's I don't want to go into the situation right now. We'll talk about that later on a different episode. Um, ask me questions about that over in the forums. And yeah, so I'm just gonna leave it there. But from a baseball perspective. Both these guys have done it at a high level, high caliber playoff teams, World Series. Those, those guys have these both these guys have been there for this team in 2021 into the future where this team is ready to take advantage of the opportunity. It's a good move. It's a good baseball move, and that's what I have to look at it from. It's a good baseball move for this team. Personally, I have to put my personal opinion aside on the situation, but it's a good baseball move for the White Sox. Another really surprising piece of news that came out that broke Monday was Billy Bean, longtime GM of the Oakland Athletics. And long time, it's 30 years. Is um, He's moving away. He's leaving the Oakland Athletics organization. Um Man, this is funny because I literally just posted in the A's yearly rewind. The only thing that would give me any sort of inclination to doubt them into 2021 is a major off front office change or coaching change. So coaching change is still intact. Coaching, everything's still there. It's just being a step in a way. Um, he's expected to assume a more prominent role with Fenway Sports Group um, if it merges with Red Bull Acquisition, Acquisition Corporation. The move would happen because the MLB conflict of interest rules wouldn't allow Bean to work for the A's because of the stake that the Fenway Sports Group has in the Red Sox, so it would be a conflict of interest there. However, Bean is going to step away from all baseball-related activities, and he would turn his full attention to other sports business ventures, particularly with European soccer, as that's been an area he's kind of demonstrated a lot of interest in in recent years. Um, other than that, you know, like I said, it's, 
we might see a huge philosophy change from the money ball that's been in place for the last 30 years. That's the foundation of this A's team. And, you know, it's been good and bad for being only one World Series, but a lot of playoff appearances. So we'll kind of see what happens next. So this does put different speculation around the whole, you know, Semyon long-term signing, Chapman, these guys who are coming due for these long-term signings, kind of what the money situation is going to look like going forward. It's going to be really interesting. I just kind of have to wait and see what's going to happen. Again, this is expected, but it's it's more likely than not going to happen. Uh, we also saw the 2021 draft order revealed with the Pirates getting number one uh, to fill up the top five. Rangers, Tigers, Red Sox, Orioles. The thing that made me happy about this is that the Mariners are 12. That means they weren't the uh, top 10 worst team. They were top 12, which I'll take. Um, most people are expecting the Pirates to go pitcher with the number one pick. Kumar Rocker from Vanderbilt. Pretty phenomenal prospect. If you watch any of his highlights or anything, this dude is pretty dang good. And so, yeah, that's the move, news and notes. Let's move on into the yearly review for the Marlins. All right, into the Marlins season. If this wasn't the biggest surprise of 2020, MLB baseball. I don't know what was. The Marlins, my goodness, overcame COVID, a big COVID-19 outbreak to start the season. And man, were they ever able to overcome it? They, man, oh my goodness. I don't even know where to start with this team. The Miami Marlins just did phenomenal for what they were handed. Derek Jeter was able to really pull this team around. He's pulling it back quickly into contention, as we see now, with Sixto Sanchez looking like the next Pedro Martinez. We're looking with like veteran talent that's playing off at a high level that some should get some extensions there, hopefully like Corey Dickerson and whatnot. We're seeing Brian Anderson, just how big of an impact he is, coming off a great year last year. And Miguel Rojas, who looking like a really solid MLB shortstop. Good defense and a 2020 kind of player. He has some serious pop in that bat and some serious wheels. And then, you know, we have a great a great rotation. Top three of the rotation, Lopez, Alcantara, and Sanchez. These guys are looking good. You know, Pablo Lopez, Sandy Alcantara, and Sixo Sanchez, for those of you who don't know the Marlins. But, yeah, man, they were, they were great. Just awesome. Love, love watching Marlins baseball. I was surprised every time they won a game. And we we'll, should see a lot more wins in, in 2021 in a full 162-game season. That's where I'm interested to see kind of how this team really breaks down, how good they will be through the ups and downs of a 162-game season. I mean, they finished at 31-29 and, and 29 on, you know, going to the – going in, losing to the Braves in the Divisional Series – but they got to the Divisional Series. They got past a wild card to into the Divisional Series, lost to their Eastern rival Braves. And this team is ready to compete and ready to start showing that they're the basically the White Sox of the National League. In my opinion, a very close comparison there. Um, 
right now they're, they're, they really took this this playoff exit on the chin. They're calling it a stepping stone into greater things, quote unquote stepping stone. And I I love that they broke the longest active National League playoff drought of 17 seasons. And that's awesome. No, it's just the Mariners with their super long playoff drought. It's awesome. There's not even a close second anymore. Thanks, Marlins. Thanks, Jeter. Appreciate it. Uh, but this isn't the Mariners podcast. We'll talk about the Mariners. I'm really excited when we get to them. Uh, that episode might be a little bit longer. But regardless, uh, we saw just – we love the core. We love the core of the of the Marlins. I mean, Sixto Sanchez, Miguel Rojas, Brian Anderson – so many more pieces here that are just awesome beyond those guys. Just awesome pieces. I Like I said, I'm excited to see where this team goes in 162-game season. I think they really pushed the Braves for this this division going forward. This division is tough. I mean, you saw the Phillies, the Nationals, and the Pirates who aren't really big competition right now. But who knows? It, we didn't know the Marlins were going to be a big competition. I was writing them down as – a bottom five team and look at where we are now and so that's a lot of the stuff we love this season from the 2020 marlins what we didn't love was the covid outbreak almost ruining baseball for everyone that was not cool marlins we obviously didn't like the early exit from the playoffs but uh, overall marlins fans there's there's not a lot not a lot to not like from this season i mean playoff appearance Above 500 record, almost, you know, breakouts. We can't really call them huge breakouts, but breakouts nonetheless from the young court. And it was it was great to see. It was truly great to see. Let's see here. What what do the Marlins need to make another playoff push? They need they need some more star power. And I think Jeter's willing to open up the checkbook for someone like a George Springer who can really help get this offense going, help them get over those rough patches, get the kids' energy going. Just a very strong veteran leadership piece. Um, I mean, obviously Trevor Bauer is probably going to be linked to them. I don't really see them needing Trevor Bauer with these pitch, this pitching staff. I don't really see them needing someone like that or a Stroman. They, they need some some bullpen depth. They need to re-sign some of the talents they got there that showed really well and re-sign some of the, re-sign the bullpen depth, get a, a big fish free agent offensively that can really lead you in those tight games and help get this team going. Um, my biggest takeaway for 2020 for the Marlins was even though they lost a hundred plus games last year, that doesn't mean anything the next year. Or if they lost them in the last couple of years, that doesn't mean anything. You can you can rebuild, you can contend what seemed like overnight for this Marlins team. It was fantastic to watch. I mean, you can never count anyone out in baseball. I mean, right now we're looking with the Rays up 3-0, Braves up 2-0. Who knows what could happen? Both those other teams, the Astros and the Dodgers, could come back and win the series. Go go four off. So you never know with baseball. Jeter the ownership team, the front office staff. They're doing really well with this Marlins team. They're really turning them into some players. And look for them to keep competing in the National League. I'm really excited. Hey, you. Are you still there? I hope so. I hope you're still there. That was a weird transition, wasn't it? 
but I'm learning. I'm growing. I'm figuring this out. I don't even know I could do transitions. They're pretty cool. So I'm going to have some fun with them. But I did want to thank you for sticking around to the end. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for your support. It really does mean a lot to me. I do this just for fun. I get off work. I, I stay up late. I have fun with this. It's a lot of fun for me. It's something I've always wanted to do. So thank you for supporting my dream. I really do appreciate it. Please head over to theballboyblog.com or ballboyblog.com. Both will work. Both will take you to the same site. And click over to the forums. Click through the website. Read some old stuff. Read pieces. I have another 60 plus pieces on Blogger uh, of just older stuff from summer camp and whatnot. Just older, older pieces, more in my opinion pieces. So come on over, come view them, come say hi, come drop into the forums, come tell me what you're thinking about the podcast, come answer me questions. I want to answer your questions. I want your feedback. I want all of it. I want to interact with you. Please come on over to the forums. Come help me out. Come let me get to know you. Support us on social media. All the handles are at the top of the website. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all of them. You can interact with me there too. Interact with me, please. I, I need friends. I want people to talk about baseball with. As much as I talk to you guys, I want you guys to talk back to me. Of course. Let's talk. Let's discuss it. Let's have fun. Let's let's ask questions. Let's bounce ideas off each other. If you ever want to collaborate, if you're a huge baseball fan, you are a diehard, let's see, Orioles fan, let's talk. Let's talk Orioles when I get to the Orioles. I'd love to have you on the show. If you love baseball so much and you can analyze the game like it's nobody's business, let's talk. Let's collab. Let's, let's collab about anything. Let's get some more opinions on the show. Um, I'd love to see you. But again, Thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. Share this with a friend. Share the website with a friend, family member, loved one, anyone who loves baseball. Um, share it when you're playing the MLB The Show online tonight. Whatever it is, come share it. Come enjoy it. Share it with someone else to enjoy. I would really appreciate it. And again, just from me to you personally for sticking around listening this long, another thank you. Much gratitude, much appreciation as always. Until next time.